Welcome everybody to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Please like and subscribe to our channel so you won't miss any of the following episodes. Today, I have with me Lydia Vasileva. She is a specialist solution engineer for network and security at VMware. Welcome, Lydia. Hi, Ronke, and thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, let's start the show off with you telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Ooh, that's, the, that's the scariest question always, isn't it? <laughs> So as you said, I'm, I'm an FC as part of the Networking Security Business Unit uh, at VMware. Uh, I've been with this role for almost coming up to two years now, which is scary to think. Um, so a little bit about myself. So I'm uh, I am originally from Bulgaria. Uh, I then moved to Denmark to study IT technology. And then I came to the UK, uh, uh, well, practically for my career. And here we are. So. Um... Lydia, you work at VMware as a solution specialist for NSX. Uh, tell me a little bit about yeah. what you do and why you love doing it. Ooh. Okay, so I love talking about my day to day because I have a colleague who has a fantastic quote about our job. Like it almost feels not like a, like a real job because there is no day to day that is the same. Um, and I love that. Um, and that is exactly what the job is. You get thrown a lot of challenges, you get thrown a lot of different questions from customers, uh, questions from your colleagues, trying to figure out different things that you never thought that you have to look into. Uh, and it's lovely, and even as a specialist, we're not sort of closed off to a singular product or a singular part of the portfolio. We get to expand our knowledge almost, almost on a daily basis. And if you can't tell, that's where I get excited about because I love learning new stuff. I like getting to know different bits of technology here and there and more like especially how do they all work together and how do they all talk to each other? That's the bit that gets me going. <laughs> that sounds so exciting. Um, so tell me, Lydia, did you always have an interest in tech? Did you know this was something you wanted to do from an early age? Tell me a little bit about oh, no. how you became a woman in tech. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> I was even recently talking to my mom about it where, um, because obviously it's coming up to that now I've been in IT for like about three, four years now. And we were sort of reflecting on it, how none of us would have expected that I would get into IT in any way, shape or form. Um, and it was almost by, by accident uh, how it happened. Um, so a little bit of a, of, a, of a backstory. The way I got into IT was I had a gap. I found myself in a gap year um, the first year I was in Denmark. Um, I didn't have a place to study, I didn't have a, so I was just desperately looking for a job for almost a year. I just to do something with my time, I was, I was absolutely going stir crazy. And there was this open house event for a local university. And there in the corner, where all of the IT and computer science uh, specialties were, uh, they had like these little kiosks where they had the presenters there. And there was this, and I, I love describing him like that, just a gritty old man with like cigarette smoke on his mustache, like, you know, completely out of place in that entire uh, picture. But he, he sort of like hushed me over with, with the promise of a free, free cup of coffee and for him to talk to me about IT technology. And I'm like, okay, fine, you know, it's coffee, sure. Um, and in the span of about 10 minutes, I actually don't remember what he said to me, like in, like in exact words. But at the end, I left the, that event with the idea that I'm going to become a network engineer and I'm going to be great at it. That man was later my first mentor and my lecturer at my, um, like the degree I had in Denmark for IT technology networking. 
and he is still one of my mentors as I go along in my career and it's been just an amazing stroke of luck if you <laughs> if you can say that it sounds so surprising. It seems like a very surprising plot twist in your life, right? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I was absolutely going down the route of uh, marketing or something completely still IT adjacent, but definitely not hardcore into like what networking and what IT is. Mm -hmm. um, but I, what I found myself in the first um, lessons at uni, and I, I remember the first class was about routing. What is what is networking? What is routing? And suddenly to get that light bulb moment of like oh things talk to each other i want to know more <laughs> and it's been just a snowball effect afterwards so tell me uh because obviously i think you went to a normal kind of of, of school as a kid there was no yeah. um it was not like a, like an engineering school or anything no. so there were uh, equal amounts of girls and boys in in your yeah. primary school and probably high school what was it like going to university and studying for a technical degree all of the sudden uh so we were two girls <laughs> in the class of 80 uh at the start around 80 um i wasn't particularly bothered by that wrong to be honest with you um i do remember stepping into the into the classroom the first time on the first day of uni and then there was silence when i walked in it's just like oh this is the sort of situation I found myself in. Okay, that's good. Um, let's just handle this. <laughs> and, and again, um, I sort of have this mentality of, you know, you, you play with the cards you're dealt with. Um, a lot of my close friends and a lot of my, like, I've been lucky enough to even work with a lot of my um, um, university classmates. And it's been a joy to, to have those guys around. And I know for a lot of women, it could be quite daunting to walk into that room. And I think definitely we have a lot of work to do to make it more approachable because like not everyone is like me, right? And I, and I fully appreciate that. Um, and I think it, sh it shouldn't be just for people who are not bothered by being the only women in the room for this. You know, this field is not just for, for people like me. It should be for everyone. Yeah, that is actually um, something I, I really wanted to touch on, this feeling of being the only one in the room. And as you said, yeah. this, is, this is a pressure and it is a burden for some. So... What prepared you to be so completely unbothered by that? Is there something in your <laughs> family background? Is it the way you grew up? Is it just something like your your character, maybe? I think to a huge degree is my character. Uh, to another degree is the, this sort of confidence that uh, my parents managed to instill in me that I can just handle things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's you know moving to a different country when you're 19 or you know walking to a classroom full of boys and being the only one. And it's just it's a but again as I said like it's not it shouldn't be the prerequisite to get into IT the sort of characteristics or, or qualities. Um, another thing that I sort of like being the only one in the room and I don't know if you feel this too around here but it sort of feel like we're representing women as a whole when you walk into the room Absolutely. just like I don't want everyone to be basing their opinion of technical women based on me like that's a huge pressure it is and this is something that's actually described in literature that it's not just it's not just for women it's for other underrepresented groups as well mm -hmm. we carry this burden of having to represent our gender or our race or our religion because people might base their perception of people they have never met off of my performance for example so this is this is something that actually follows you around and this is something why i try to change the situation i want to have <laughs> other women in the room for people to look at <laughs> oh 
absolutely. Mm-hmm. Even if it, if you personally are not bothered, it's absolutely a pressure of of you know. Oh, I need to I need to be super technical. I need to know everything. I need to be super confident to be able to represent accordingly what I believe mm-hmm. women or my, you know whichever minority group you're in are yes. supposed to be. Uh, yeah, this is a thing. So. Um, do you think because you said it was a joy working with all the people in your class and you had a really good experience? I did too. So personally, yeah. I'm also one of the people who is rather unbothered by others' um, perception of me. But um, did they did they make you feel comfortable or welcome at least? I know, of course, there was this initial moment yeah. of surprise when you walked into oh, yeah. the classroom. But after that, what what was it like? I think it's almost down to a cultural perspective. Denmark is is one of those countries where everyone is equal to the sense of and I remember this moment very clearly where I, I come from a culture like Bulgarians tend to be quite like men quite, tend to be quite gentlemanly so they would hold the door for you they'll they'll hold heavy things for you and I'm not saying that I was used to it but obviously subconsciously I was and I remember this one moment um because I, I was working as part of the IT library at the university so I was carrying this big PC um, around with me and I remember my, my teacher just sort of grabbed his his note notepad and just went off and left me to carry this heavy thing and I just sort of looked down at it look up to him and I'm like oh this is how yeah this makes more sense absolutely <laughs> let's do this <laughs> and then coming to the UK um bless them but my first couple the first colleagues that I worked with when I joined the my previous role um they never worked with a woman before so we had these sort of awkward moments of they were holding the door with for me whilst they were holding the server and they were trying to like do three things at the same time like, guys it's fine just give me give me the heavy thing they got used to it very quickly um but it is sort of I look back at those moments like happily because I think it's being the, the first woman that they work with for me is a breakthrough like, I I love to be that sort of like first experience for them um, so yeah no happy memories yeah, it is an interesting experience. It's kind of like you are a groundbreaker somehow when you're the first. Yeah, a little bit. What I love say? that's that's the positive side of, of yeah. being the unique one. True. You get to set a, a new example, and that's also a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And I love the story about carrying the heavy things because I also can't live in a country, I, I'm in Austria, obviously, uh, where men tend to be more gentlemanly, not like in Denmark, and people would actually carry heavy stuff for me and I must admit that it has been useful at times when I have to <laughs> you know like carry around the 3U server from to a server mm-hmm. and, and so I was actually quite happy that it was like that <laughs> but yes you're right obviously um, it should be more equalitarian I think the word is in English but you get it yeah I think so yeah but it's 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 sort of showed how my colleagues at university saw me they just saw me as one of them yeah and and again that comes with positive and negatives but in the long term it was more of a positive and being able it was freeing for me to show my um strengths rather than trying to make up for something that I wasn't in a sort of sense yeah to give you an example I I've always been really good at documentation I've always been really good at presenting this maybe the it was a foreshadowing towards the SE career <laughs> um but I absolutely just played to those strengths in the university. I wasn't trying to be the most technical. I wasn't trying to be, you know, the, the most nerdy in the sense of being the best code programmer or everything. But I, it absolutely gave me that, that scene to be who I am. Mm-hmm. 
that's such a good point, you know, that you, and it also shows that you're quite re uh, self-reflected actually, because you know what your strengths are and you can use them to your advantage. Uh, coming to those strengths, you actually touched on that, uh, being an SE, what kind of skills does it need, you know, to be successful? I don't know yet which skills you need to be successful. Uh, <laughs> what do you to be think? honest, I, yeah, I've been incredibly lucky with, with the people, including yourself, that I am in a group of people within VMware, outside of VMware as part of the resource collective that I'm now in. I'm just surrounded with successful solutions and sales engineers. Um, and I, it's almost, I, there's too much to, to pick at. Like, what are the skills? What are the, the best qualities? But if I have to uh, narrow it down to two or three skills, fantastic storytellers would be one of those, uh, which was also the key skill that I recognized as a, oh, this is why I believe that being an SE is sort of, I wouldn't say my calling, but it's a, a perfect job for me because that is something that I've personally always strived towards, being a good storyteller, being able to explain things to people at various levels. Mm -hmm. um, another one is being honest and reflective in the sense of listening more than talking. And that is, that's actually something that for me is quite difficult. <laughs> Being a good listener for me is a astonishingly difficult skill, like genuinely listening and not just waiting for you to stop talking for, you know, for the, for, for the recipient to stop talking for you to start talking. Mm -hmm. um, so that's two. The third, I think the third one would be a genuine interest in tech and not in the sense of only your own thing or the thing that you're currently selling, but more around understanding how it plays out in the, in the broader scheme of things. You know, where does it stand from a technological perspective, but also from imagining it and being able to put yourself in your customer shoes, like, okay, where do I take this piece of technology and put it into my environment? How do I actually then use it in my day-to-day? -day? Um, and I think that's, those are sort of the three important skills yeah. I would say are. I think you narrowed it down perfectly, actually. It's actually the three, the three things I would also have named. And one is definitely storytelling. And that's one of those skills that a lot of people um, actually lack. And it's interesting to see that. Um, oh, there's something wrong with your picture. Sorry. We have yeah, I just saw. Sorry. Happened. Oh, there yeah. you are again. Okay, let's do it again. Yes. So this is actually the three skills I would have narrowed it down as well. So this is actually a perfect summary because I think it's storytelling, being able to actually put this technology that you're trying to sell in some larger context, explaining how that could be useful to a specific person, to a specific company. Then the listening thing, that's also a thing. And I think everyone struggles with that. It's a, you know, this active listening skill is something that we develop over time. And it's, and you're not going to be as good every, uh, every day, you know, some days it's easier, other days it's not as easy. And then the third point that you made is also very valid, the interest in tech. And that's something, you know, it's, I think this is um, an interest in understanding how things actually work. You know, it's, it's not necessarily just about tech, it's about trying to understand uh, the world and how technology fits in with that. And I think that makes a perfect uh, solution engineer or system engineer or sales engineer, whatever you want <laughs> to call them, right? So in terms of, um, 
obstacles. So obviously, um, the gender dis discrepancy was not an obstacle. What kind of obstacles did you actually face? You know, because you were not necessarily a nerdy kid from the beginning. So this is a completely new world. Is there anything yeah. that tripped you up or maybe something you learned specifically when about yourself? Yeah, so, and this is something I still struggle with. So it's a, a little bit of a, you know, opening myself up to the world, but imposter syndrome, oh, yeah. um, including just talking to you, right? You know, people who are vastly more educated than me from a, you know, from an academic perspective, uh, people with 10, 15 years of experience, you know, ahead of me when it comes to um, like technology and being in IT, um, that has always been oh, at almost every step, including, you know, just during my studies as well, it almost felt like I need to overcome like all of the, you know, the fact that I haven't had all that experience. Um, including, and I, and I keep on using this as an, as an example, I had a classmate who already had a, a Cisco certification stepping into the classroom, and I'm like, how am I supposed to compete with that? <laughs> like, I just, I, I, you know, it practically sweeps me off the road. <laughs> like, I have no idea what, what I'm doing here. Um, so, and this sort of imposter syndrome led to, I guess, my biggest um, setback or problem, which is burnout. And that is such an easy thing to do in IT because it never stops. New things keep on happening and there's, you know, always new goals. There's always new things for you to learn and reach out to that if you don't pace yourself, you would find yourself just being tired and cranky. And I know I reached that point when I woke up one day and I said, I don't want to do networking anymore. I don't want to do IT anymore. That for me was the, the alarm bell of like, oh no, <laughs> like you have overdone this. You need to step away and step back, take a break, you know, take a day off and get back to it. But I know some people go through that burnout and don't come out the other end in the sense of they never find their passion for what they were doing before. And they sort of switch careers or move away or just grow miserable with what they're doing. That um, resonates so deeply with me because I think we always fault ourselves when we know, don't know something. You know, and as you uh, rightfully said, um, there's always something new and you can't keep up, you know, and understanding that it's not you, that it's just such a vast field and that you can't know everything that that's hard. And talking about imposter syndrome, I learned two things recently that kind of made me feel better. It's not a female thing. So I talked to, to uh, some, some men as well. They have it too, which is nice. Not nice, nice, but <laughs> nice to know, you know. It's a shared pain. Yeah, it's a shared thing. So we, I think we all have it because there is such a vast uh, amount of information to process. And the other thing was, I um, and you saw this, I think I wrote an article about Radia Perlman, who is uh, the inventor of the spanning tree protocol and other protocols, obviously. And she, in an article I read about her that she, when she went to her first computer class, she had the same thing. I mean, this woman who is so pivotal to networking, she went into a, com a computer class and felt completely out of place and felt she would never catch up with the boys and men in there who had been, you know, doing stuff with computers all their lives because she hadn't. So this is such a um, how can I say this is such a typical feeling that we women have because we especially when we come from other walks of life so yeah. um, thank you for sharing that about the imposter syndrome because I think we need to talk about that and we need to make other women yeah. aware that this is not something that's wrong with them right yeah
Yeah, so um, we talked about um, what you love about doing your job. We talked about how you became there. And we did talk a little bit about the obstacles that you could face. But um, when we look at other women that we want to bring in this field, so we're no longer the only one in the room, um, is there anything you would like to share? Do you have a motto? Do you have some tips or something that you would share with them? I'm so happy you asked that because I'm, I'm a big proponent of getting more girls into tech and not only in, I guess also a, a little bit of a, of a personal, um, uh, maybe not a rant, but a personal, um, personal vendetta <laughs> for women in IT is there is more to IT than coding. Um, I, especially when it comes to networking and these more scary techie roles. First of all, there's nothing scary about networking. And because the fact is we're learning how things talk to each other, how things communicate with each other. And that is, from my perspective, nothing more interesting um, because communications are interesting. But if I could go back and talk to 19-year-old me just stepping into that classroom, I would say, first of all, don't ever stifle who you are as a person. So if you're bubbly, if you're outspoken, if you are, uh, or, if, or on the other hand, if you're shy and quiet and calm, don't try to fit in for the sake of fitting in. Don't try to be one of the boys for the sake of being one of the boys. To be honest with you, Ronke, just to fit in, I learned about cars. <laughs> I don't care about cars. <laughs> so that was one of those things of like, I, I don't need to do this. I am my own person and it's fine to be the only one in the room or to be unique. The other thing is don't be scared of being technical because the more, the more important skill that you would have in IT is to build is the ability to learn. Mm -hmm. From that point on, everything is achievable. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that, that's really yeah. it. And that's such good, such a good point. Trying to remain yourself and bringing your own uh, skills into the mix, not trying to, you know, have the same skills like other people. Because what makes you special is that you are different from others. That your unique point of view is so important in in tech as a woman. And I also feel that we need more of these unique female viewpoints in in technology. And um, I know you are also very passionate about this. Um, I just remembered, I wanted to ask you because you said you were active in the pre-sales collective and um, I'm also a member, but not very active. I'm just in, in the group. So do you want to talk about, you know, like how important it is to have some, a network like that? Maybe even, especially when you're starting out? Um, yeah, so I, I, I think I'm quite lucky that almost two years into it, this is the moment I discovered the pre-sales collective. Um, so what it is, it's practically a worldwide um, network of pre-sales um, um, pre professionals across, across technical fields. It's not limited to a single company. Um, and what they do is they constantly share, first of all, the common problems, the common issues. So oh, everyone is complaining about Salesforce. Everyone is complaining about how to deal with account managers and understanding that you're not alone in the world. That is amazing. But also with those complaints comes wisdom. So you would have people who are sharing how they uh, approach opportunities, how they approach demoing, how to, what are the common pitfalls? And also they have the pre-sales academy that they bring in new people as, as pre-sales um, professionals into the world, um, which I feel that, especially from a technical company, that is something that is slightly lacking in the um, enablement uh, we're so focused on teaching people the, the technology of, you know, making sure that they know what they're talking about, that we sort of 
leave on the background how do you actually go into a presentation how do you dress for an in-person presentation when those become a thing again um but those are things that you don't actually worry about until the moment that you start worrying about them and that's sort of the topics that are covered off as part of that the collective that sounds so terribly useful actually i mean you wouldn't even know who to go to if you had these questions and there wasn't a collective like that right so thank you for, for talking about that, that as well i would have forgotten to mention it um yeah so thank you so much lydia for sharing your story and your journey with us is there something else you would like to share before we end uh, the interview um other than just from from my perspective feel free to if it, oh, feel free to reach out to me on linkedin i'm, I'm on twitter uh, as packet mage i have a website packetmage.com uh, if you want to just see what you know if you want to hear more, more of this <laughs> um and just don't don't be a stranger i think the biggest strength that we have not only is as women in tech not only as women in cities but also just as as technical people is the connection we have with others mm -hmm. so absolutely feel free to reach out and thank you so much Ronke, for having me <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure. It was a pleasure for me as well. Thank you. Thank you.